Wilson on the rebound, and the Panthers win it in overtime. 2-1 the final. Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex sends it straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov, makes it over, he scores! Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. However, you're tuned in today. Thanks for joining us once again. The 24th episode of Territory Talk as we continue along here in the offseason, getting ever so much closer to the preseason, to training camp, to the start of the regular season. Doug Plagans here alongside Jameson Olive from FloridaPanthers.com, Pete Rossi from FloridaPanthers.com. Guys, uh, we continue along in the offseason, but things starting to take shape with the Panthers around the rest of the league. You can really start to get a feel for things now as we cruise along here through the month of August. Yeah, like you said, we're about a month away until that preseason doubleheader against Nashville that kind of kickstarts everything. And uh, oddly enough, I know it's football season's getting started too, but for me, that's always a reminder that hockey season's almost back. I mean, the moment I start thinking about my fantasy football draft, I'm like, oh, geez, that means I probably got three weeks left until, you know, things get really heated in here and underway. But I mean, you and I were at the ice den the other day, just hanging out, checking things out. We ran into Keith Yandel. So guys, I mean, our guys are already coming back to town. Some guys are already at the ice den. And it's just so good to see that, that gets your blood pumping is seeing everyone come back because summer, especially in the hockey offseason, if you don't make the playoffs, it goes by really slow, then really fast and really slow. And at this point now, I feel like we've been away for forever. So I'm ready to get back at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I'm happy to be back on. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, I'm not, I haven't won any Emmys. But uh, I, you're not I, just Blaylock. I still hope that I, I'm able to to put a good episode together with you. You haven't fellas, won any Emmys yet. Yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, it's it is a, an exciting time, and I think it's it's a lot of fans are getting excited for this upcoming season for a number of reasons. I think the finish um, for last season has a lot of people excited to see if the team can continue it early on and. It being the 25th anniversary season, I know there's a lot of nice surprises and things that the team and the organization has planned for not only the fans, but the current players and even some returning players. So I think there's a lot of excitement for this upcoming season. And I think people will think that this might be the step that the Panthers can now finally take to, uh, you know, make a deep run, hopefully, when it when it comes to spring hockey and, and uh, really, uh, you know, some of these guys that the Planthers have, Alexander Barkov, Vincent Trocek, they're guys that can take the next next step and, and really help the, make the Panthers, you know, become a household name, not only in South Florida, but amongst hockey fans all across the, uh, you know, the world. <laughs> and we kind of, this is a global team, a lot of Russians, yeah. a lot of Finns, you have a... Uh, going you know, to Finland Morgan, this year. Going, going to, to Finland, Finland, yeah. That's going to be great, but we actually kind of saw that excitement a little bit, because obviously the Panthers were recently just featured as one of the NHL's uh, teams in the 31 and 31 series and it was really good to see that pretty much everyone although let's be honest sometimes people miss some things because they don't watch this team all the time like we do which you know hopefully that changes this year with how good this team's going to be but the Panthers got a lot of praise around the league for guys like Barkov for guys like Trocek I still think people are sleeping on Dadanov a lot of things I read they're like oh Dadanov was also you know had a good season coming back from Russia and I'm like he had 20 28 goals and it was almost a point per game like the, that's a guy that I think you know could have 70 points this season so I think they're sleeping on him a bit but it seems like everyone that I saw at least says the Panthers are going to make the playoffs so obviously that means nothing the team still has to go out there have that hot start they're talking about but at least have that kind of buzz early is nice rather than you know a slow start and catching fire later if this team takes that buzz and has a good start I think this is gonna be a really exciting team that people you know they turn on their NHL packages they buy the package and they turn in to see what Barkov does every night and something that is key not only early in the season but throughout the grind of an 82 game season for every team in the National Hockey 
League is to get those contributions from guys who come up from the American Hockey League level throughout the campaign. Those are those guys are always uh, going to be called upon throughout the season. Again, uh, over an 82 game season, there are going to be injuries that happen at times, and uh, you're going to need to rely on that organizational depth. You look at this Panthers current roster. There are a lot of guys who were groomed at the AHL level, and there are some guys uh, who figured to make an impact again this season who made splashes coming in from Springfield uh, last season. A guy like Maxime Mammon is one that uh, that comes to mind. But uh, but guys, I think you look across the the organization, you see the uh, the amount of depth that is there. And again, the uh, these are guys that are going to be called upon. I know we've heard about it time and time again. Springfield plays a very similar style to that of the Panthers. So when a guy's number is called, you can really slot right in and, and know exactly what's expected of them. Yeah, like you said, I've talked to guys in the past and Jordy Kinnear, the Springfield head coach, and Eric Joyce, the GM of Springfield, they, they really do have it so streamlined that everything they do in Springfield is exactly the same as they do up here. And that's why you saw some guys come up last year like Mammon and, and kind of have that immediate success. Um, Dryden Hunt was another guy, but uh, the Panthers were pretty lucky last year with injuries for the most part. They didn't have to call upon these guys too much, but I mean, let's be realistic. The injuries happen in hockey all the time. Somebody from Springfield's coming up at some point. This happens all the time. And one of those guys that I think we can all agree on is at least near the top of that list for guys that could get called up is Anthony Greco, who Doug and I actually recently had a chance to catch up with at the Panthers Ice Den. All right. Well, Anthony, first thing I want to ask is just how the summer's been going. I know you've been spending some time down here in Florida and uh, and you're coming off a, a nice season. Just talk about how things have gone for you here in the offseason. It's been good. Yeah, uh, I got down here uh, Memorial Day weekend in late May and just took some time off and enjoyed the weather and uh, laid by the pool a bit. But uh, then we got into into workouts and coming to the rink and skating. And yeah, it's been kind of low key and uh, just kind of figuring things out around around town. And uh, yeah, it's been fun, though. It's it's more normal of a summer than I've had in the past. What are your, what's your assessment of the area down here? Because you were in Springfield all last season. Uh, what was it like just kind of being down in the summer in Delray Beach, kind of feeling everything out? Just what are your thoughts on the area? It's great. It's really awesome because you have a whole bunch of places between Delray, Palm Beach, and then you go south towards Fort Lauderdale and Boca. So I've tried to hit all all four of them and just check out what's what's around town and you know places. Like I said, I'm kind of down here by myself, so I've just uh, had time to kill and and go uh, check out each each area and yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. And when did you kind of start working here at, at the Ice Den? Uh, with these guys, uh, they, they came, uh, Brian McCabe kind of hooked me up right away when I came down here with uh, with a key to the rink, and uh, one of the guys that I work out with, he used to play for the Panthers, uh, Stephen Camfer. He he was down here and um, kind of got hooked up with him in the in the gym in Boca, and he kind of just took off from there with you know when we were going to come to the rink and skate. But it's it's awesome that they have let me use the, the facility and, and use uh, keep my gear in the locker room and be able to come here and skate. It's kind of, everything's very accessible, so it's been great. And we'll get into talking a little bit about what some of the off-season training has uh, has entailed for you. But coming off uh, a, a nice season in Springfield, 29 goals last year among the uh, top totals in the American Hockey League, uh, you know, shooting the puck a ton. I mean, what's what worked for you last season? I think it, it was just sort of, trying to build on the first year I mean it, it was the first year I think I went in there and and just wanted to be you know a part of the team and, and stay on the team and was trying to do everything I possibly could and 
and stand out in, in that regard because you know it it is pro hockey there's things that other things that go into it so for me my first year i just wanted to go in there and um and make it you know show myself but you know the the main goal was to stay on the team for the full year and and kind of my game kind of i think took off a little bit towards the end of that first year but so my second year was just to prove that what i can do offensively and you know the other th- parts of my game so I, I think for me and I, I play with really good guys and throughout the year and had a good chemistry with a, a couple of different guys throughout the year and and coach Kinnear gave me gave me a, a big opportunity to be a big part of that big part of the team and and big part of uh chipping in offensively so it kind of for me it's all confidence it's just building confidence throughout the year and and uh, like you said, shooting the puck a lot. So most guys, uh, m- most pro hockey players, they put up huge numbers in, in junior, in college, and they get humbled once they get to the AHL, and those numbers just dip down. I mean, Dryden Hunt's one guy used to score 100 points. You know, then he had to figure it out in the AHL. But for yourself, this was actually, I mean, looking at your hockey DP, DB page, going back to the USHL, your most points in a season ever. Yeah. Uh, are you even a little surprised that you're still kind of that trajectory is there, and you're kind of still growing right now at 24? It's funny looking at it, like because you do see a lot of guys that sign and a lot of guys that that come in and you know they have a, a big reputation of you know putting up a lot of points and for me it, it's like you said it's still moving upward and and trying to come in every year and, and be better and better but uh, I, I just think over the last two years since I've turned pro there's been differences in my mentality as a player and I think that's helped me out a lot and you know getting a, into a situation, like I said, with, with Coach Kinnear, he's really given me an opportunity to, to kind of be myself. And I, I had to earn it when I when I got there. But I think uh, once I, I kind of showed what I can do, it, it just tried to build from there. But it, it, is a, it is a good league to kind of, you know, not weed out players, but it, it, you have to be a player. You have to, you know, uh, really be a, a good player in the league to kind of put up big big numbers and so it's like I said it was for me it was just trying to prove myself every day from the first uh, day I came here in development camp uh, a couple years ago to you know now going into this training camp you talked about the mentality changing frequently, especially in the past two years with Springfield. When you're a drafted hockey player, you kind of you ha- you have the end game in sight. You get drafted by a team. Your goal is not to make it with that team. You're you're in the system. You're doing D camps, all that stuff. But for yourself as an undrafted player, what has this kind of past few years been like? Kind of taking it day by day, trying to carve your own path and not really knowing where you're going to be. You know, the next year, the year after that. Yeah, it, it is. I remember my senior college. We we were finishing up and. It was sort of a, a scarier time, I guess, for me. It was the, the unknown of you know not knowing what, what what was next, and I knew what I could do and I knew what I was capable of. But it's like I said, it's it's pro hockey, and there's a lot of other things that kind of play into it. So going into that summer after my senior year, um, I got an opportunity to come here and, and go to development camp. So that was sort of the starting point of now I have to prove. You know, anytime you go to one of these things or whether it was development camp or training camp and then getting into the season, preseason, whatever it was, it's I have to prove myself and do it consistently every single day in practice and every game. And so every everything I sort of took as like an opportunity to to prove that. And uh, yeah, it was tough. But looking back now, it, it's like you said, you take it day by day and it kind of flies by, I guess. 
and the speed that you possess is really one of the first things that people people talk about with your game. And I know having seen you at the at the camps and development camp, I've seen it firsthand. Is that an attribute that you always knew you had going back to when you were a kid playing hockey? Yeah, I guess from when I was younger, it was always something that was said about me, I guess. And I was never the biggest or strongest, but to kind of have the natural skating ability, I guess. And I worked with a lot of people when I was younger. I remember even going on the ice without a stick um, a lot of mornings for for years with a, a Russian hockey coach that I had. And we would just do skating and, and turning. And and so it's something I've sort of kind of relied on. And uh, it's the thing that I've used to try and stand out as much as possible and and just build off that and use that. And on that speed, how happy are you excited seeing the direction the NHL is going? And I mean, around the time of your draft where when you heard 5, 10, and fast, that was a red flag for teams. And now teams here, 5, 10, and fast, like, oh, we need as many of these guys as possible. Yeah. It seems like the game's really kind of going to where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. You root for the guys like, you know, March or so and Tyler Johnson and all the, the smaller guys that have speed and you, you want them to do well because it kind of turns some heads for, for other guys and and so, uh, yeah, it's it's trending that way. And like you said, years ago, it was uh, it was a little shaky and, and scary watching the league and seeing how big some guys were and, and who they were taking. So, yeah, anytime a, a smaller guy with uh, some skating ability, you, you want to root for them and do as best as possible. How much of that skating ability is just you said you worked out with your coach, but just naturally you took to the ice and you were a, a good skater just comes so naturally. I, I don't know. I, I think from what from what I was told as a young kid, I kind of hopped on and was was pretty good at it from from the beginning. And and uh, yeah, it's not something I really thought about. I've always just kind of it's just always kind of been there, and and I've tried to build on it as much as possible and and get as strong as possible in my lower half and just keep getting faster every summer. So born in Queens, grew up in Long Island. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before we we started territory talk here, but uh, and then went to Minnesota to Shattuck. Just kind of talk about your your youth hockey background, how you kind of uh, what age you were when you got into it, uh, and just where things kind of went for you. Yeah, so I I was born in Queens uh, in New Hyde Park actually, and um, grew up in Massapequa Park in Long Island. Um, I played. I started playing when I was four. I actually started uh, skating with a figure skating coach, uh, a lady, uh, when I was real, real young. And then, uh, yeah, started playing for, for the youth teams in the Long Island Royals. It was kind of the most prominent that, that I played for. And, um, you know, it was a normal travel team, go up to Toronto, Ottawa, and across America for, for those tournaments. And then when I was 12, I, I moved off to... Uh, Shattuck in uh, Faribault, Minnesota, and played on the the Bantam, the U16, and and the prep team there. And in yeah. my obviously Shattuck has the reputation of being just one of those places with just a prestigious alumni group. Were there any guys, uh, current pros there at the time you were there that you played with? There was Derek Stepan was probably the most prominent at the time. He he was on the prep team I think when I was on my in my Bantam years, and. Uh, but yeah, he, he was there and it's fun. It was a fun place because once my family ended up moving out there um, years later, in the summer times, those guys would, would be around town and uh, and be training in the summertime. It was kind of a place where 
back then a, a lot of guys came back to and so you, it was always you're always surrounded by a, a lot of really uh good players and uh the it made for f- some fun summers but uh yeah so I, I was there until my junior high school and, and played on the u18 team and decided to leave for my senior year and, and play in the ushl so it was uh yeah it, it was everything i've moved a lot but it's been short stints sort of in, in each place so yeah well where you grew up yankees fan mets fan yankees yeah. you're a yankees <laughs> yeah. fan and your uh last couple of years you're playing in uh, in red sox territory there yeah in, yeah in springfield yeah but uh yeah always yankees it's it's funny nobody really knows how it's split up in new york it's we don't still know who who's mets fans and who's yankees fans and jets and giants but yeah, I was always Yankees and, and Giants, I guess. And you guys had Red Sox themed jerseys last year, if I, if I recall. Was that <laughs> yeah. a little weird? Did your no, family was no. your family okay with that? Yeah, they were they were completely fine. We actually got to see uh, Big Poppy came to one of the games, so it was actually pretty cool. Did you get to meet Poppy? We met him. I don't know. I don't think he came to the locker room, but yeah, he was. Uh, I don't even think he knew our team name to be honest. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. It was it was cool to have him there. So now, just uh, as you uh, as you get yourself prepared for uh, for next season, I mean, what is the what's the training like? Uh, I guess the training now that you're a couple of years into playing pro, how's it different than maybe when you were gearing up for your college seasons and and time before that? Yeah, it's different now, and I I always go kind of back and forth with it. Uh, the last few summers with you know worrying about doing too much or, or you know taking too much time off, but I think the biggest thing is just rest. The you, you realize how long the the regular season is in the in the American League, and I'm assuming the the NHL level, and and we didn't even we didn't play playoffs the last two years, so um, it's been really long summers. You can kind of you can go nuts if you want, as far as you can train for 12, 13, 14 weeks. So, but I think uh, the biggest thing was just rest. Um, you, you lose a lot of weight or at least I lose a lot of weight during the season and you kind of want everything to, to heal up and I joined a, a, a new place and I met a uh, Mike Barwis down here in, in Boca and he's had a, a ton of professional athletes uh, especially up in Michigan working with uh, a lot of Red Wings guys and he works with the Mets and so I kind of got hooked up with him through uh, a, f- a close friend of mine and, and Ben Eves and his brother Patrick uh, comes down here and and was has been working with Mike for the last few years up in Michigan and so I, I've it's been unbelievable though it's it's kind of been game changing for me and but yeah it's between the rest and and doing um, workouts with him and and getting on the ice here with uh, a few guys that have been around it's been uh it's kind of been a, a great summer so with the season you're having last year obviously hockey's one of those sports where injuries happen all the time guys get called up frequently for the minors i mean dryden hunt curtis falk chase Ballasio, a bunch of guys got called up last year when you see that happening uh, does that motivate you seeing so how, how many guys getting called up and thinking to yourself you know hey maybe i'm the next guy is that kind of how you use that yeah i mean it's it there's there's so many things that go into that, that those decisions that you, you can drive yourself a little crazy with it so you just try and play the best that you possibly can uh, each day, and 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 kind of prove your worth, so to speak. And and so you're happy for those guys. You're you know Curtis playing his first NHL games, Huntsy and and Balsey, and so that those guys getting to see those guys kind of do what you want to do. It's it's more exciting than anything. And um, but you, you just try and focus on what you can control and what you can do each day to, to try and prove that it, you're 
uh, worthy of, of getting called up and and trying to compete as hard as possible each and every night and let the uh, the other things kind of take care of themselves. And the, you talk about, uh, you know, just uh, going out there and, and taking care of your game. What are the, the big goals for you, I guess, going into, into training camp and going into the season? I think there's, in my mind, there's, there's one goal, and that's to make the team. And um, so it's, for me, I, I have to, you know, in my own head, I have to go out and on the ice and, and think that I'm I belong out there and that I'm one of the best players on the ice, no matter who's who else is out there. And that kind of what drives me through and and gets me to to the level that I need to be at. So I think that's the main goal, and and we'll see what happens and see how things shake out. And uh, yeah, just let let those things kind of take care of themselves. And I'm sure an NHL debut is something you've dreamed of your your whole life. Like you said, you were always on a hockey team, always traveling. What would it actually mean when you think about it, when you watch those guys have their debuts, when you think about putting yourself in their shoes? What would it mean for you to make that debut this year? Oh, it would be huge. It would be uh, it would be unbelievable. And like you said earlier, it's the my college years. Nothing ever really popped out. So I've it's been uh, a long and kind of hard and a lot of ups and downs type of uh, journey. So it's uh, a couple of years ago, I was kind of afraid where this was all going and uh, what was going to happen, but I never kind of lost faith, I guess, so to speak, and kind of uh, always believed that uh, this, it would eventually come. And so that's what we're hoping for. And and uh, we'll, like I said, we'll just see how it, uh, how it all plays out. Was there a moment last season, like you said, 29 goals. Was there a moment last season when you talked about where like, oh, you know what, this is going to probably work out. I'm, I'm doing this. This is everything's kind of going smooth. Maybe I am a, kind of on back on a track I want to be on. Yeah, it's I, I think after the first year, um, it, it was a good year. And I knew if I could build on that, then I, I it would sort of go to the next level as far as opportunity wise. And as the year goes by, you don't kind of stop and look at how the year's going until it's it's finished. So, but it, but everyone knows in the back of their mind if they're having a, a better year than than usual. And um, and so yeah, it, I think after the season was over and you can kind of reflect on how how everything went. Um, it was exciting. It was, it was exciting how, how it ended up personally. It was it was disappointing how it ended up as a team and, and where we wanted to be as a team. But um, as far as, you know, my individual progression, I guess you could say it was uh, it was exciting. And away from the ice, you're just kind of popping up on Panthers fans' radars now as a player. But just a lot of people don't know a lot about you still. Uh, just so, I mean, down here right now, you're in Delray, you're on the beach and stuff. But in Springfield during the season, what do you do in your free time? What do you like to do? How, what's going on up there? <laughs> I don't do anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, we, there's not much going on there. But, uh, you know, we, we get together with the, the other guys on the team. And and uh, <laughs> last year was a lot of long, long lunches and coffee with uh with Chase Ballas, usually it was to practice from eight to twelve, and we could sit in a coffee shop for three hours. It was it was actually what's the go to lunch spot down there? Well, oh, it was an it was an Italian cafe that we ended up going to for most of the year. It was either sushi or an Italian cafe. I forget. The Did name you get on a first name basis with with the owners or anything? They knew. Yeah, yeah they they were well aware that we were coming in i'm surprised we didn't have like everything set up before we even got in there but yeah we would uh we would crush uh, a couple hours in there every day had you been to the basketball hall of fame 
it's funny because we always say that we're going to go and we're going to go and we never go. So. It's, it's worth checking out. Eventually, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, 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 I've been there. I've been to all four of the major Hall of Fames uh, at some point in the last uh, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Pretty cool. Awesome. But uh, last thing, I mean, you, you look at whether it's your own game, um, the way the Panthers finished the season here last year that we saw firsthand. I mean, uh, there's a ton of excitement, a ton of positivity around the organization. Do you feel that? And, and how cool is it to, to be a part of this whole thing right now? It's really cool, and I, I've been here now for a couple of years. This is going to be my third training camp, so it's uh, it seems like everything's sort of coming together, and and everything is where it you know where it should be and where it needs to be for for uh, a good season and a good run. So it'll be uh, exciting to to get everything started with training camp and and see how everything plays out. Do you think you have any kind of leg up on training camp given that you have been living like a Panther down here all summer going to the ice stand working out with the Panther gym, you know, some Panthers coaches, uh, maybe some other Panthers players? Uh, it's it's just been good to to see those guys and and have them down here and you know a couple of guys have kind of rolled in here lately and to to have you know eric joyce and the assistant gym uh down here and just to see them around but uh no it's at the end of the day you have to come into the camp and, and compete and and show what you can do and and prove yourself it's no matter what that's that's all the the main goal is to to, to be one of the best players on the ice and and that's it well anthony thanks very much for joining us here on territory talk thanks for having me appreciate it so great to catch up with Anthony Greco right there. And again, ranked among the uh, top totals in the American Hockey League. 29 goals for him last year. He took over 250 shots last season. And we talked about the uh, the wheels. He can motor out there. And that's a big reason why he gets uh, a lot of the shooting opportunities he gets and a lot of the uh, a lot of the goals that he scored. And, and that's why he's become such a well-rounded player. A, a reason for it is because he uh, has that, that great skating ability. But we're going to go around the table here. The table we're sitting at, because it, this is not a visual medium, it's actually a square table, but we're going to go around the square table. And we're going to start with Jameson, who's directly across from me. Pete's to my left, if you want to just visualize the, the way that we are configured <laughs> in our seating arrangement at this table. We're going to talk about some of the other guys that we think could factor in as we go around the square table and start with Jameson off. Well, I think we, first we need to just state out first that there are some guys that, if you look at the roster right now, this team, we said, it really does have a ton of depth. You look at a guy like, you know, Dennis Mulgan, Maxine Mammon, who like I said, made an impact last year. These are guys that are also going to be fighting for spots at training camp that, you know, already kind of have established themselves, I think, as NHL players. And uh, at least one of those guys is going to be left out, given the amount of play, uh, players that are currently on the Panthers. Obviously, Dale said he's going to be working the phones a bit in August. There could still be some moves to come, maybe a trade. We don't know. But if, you know, this is the team going forward, there are going to be some NHL caliber players that deserve to be on the opening night roster that aren't going to be so other than you know the Dennis Mulligans other than the Jared McCann's other than you know the Maxi Mammoth those young guys that are already kind of really still carving out their footing this is the guys that you know deeper in the AHL that also will really have a good shot to uh, make an uh, appearance this year and uh, looking at mine I'm gonna have to go Jacob McDonald and if you're scratching your head, uh, Panthers fans listening, that was a guy the Panthers signed this offseason, um, came a little bit after free agency. It was a, They announced it the same day as Paul Thompson. And it's a guy that, you know, especially in summer, I know a lot of fans probably tuned out. A lot of fans probably weren't, you know, clicking that announcement. But this is a guy that you definitely need to keep an eye on because this is a guy, a, a defenseman. He's only, he's young and he's in mid-20s. Led the AHL in both uh, goals and points last year. 20 goals, 55 points with Binghamton, Binghamton last season. Um, and that's a guy that, I, I don't, you're starting to wonder now, is he 
TJ Brennan? Is he, you know, the Bobby Orr of the AHL? Or is this a guy that, you know, can put up those numbers and then come up to the NHL level and do it there as well? And uh, I think maybe uh, he's not small. He's six feet tall. He's not that, you know, cliche undersized defenseman that puts up a ton of points, but, you know, can't bring it in the NHL level. So I think he's a guy that is going to, regardless, have a great season in Springfield, but could also come to the Panthers at some point and help. Because, Doug, you've mentioned on the show a million times the Panthers played seven defensemen last season. I believe they're the only team in the NHL last season to play just seven defensemen, which is just incredible huge. They got very lucky on defense. Now they obviously have eight defensemen with Bogdan Kistelevich coming in. So at some point, will there be two defensemen hurt? Is this guy going to get a chance? I think maybe. You never know what's going to happen. It just takes one guy missing one game to, you know, open that door for one of these guys. So looking around, Josh Brown, a physical stay-at-home defenseman, was the last D-man to get someone home from training camp last year. He's back in Springfield. He's, like I said, big body stay-at-home guy. He has a chance if they need that coming up. But if they need that guy that maybe can play on the power play, they can put up some points. I think Jacob McDonald's have a great shot. And uh, a lot of times with defensemen, you, you need to go. It's not uncommon to go nine, ten guys deep uh, down the organizational depth chart as far as defensemen are concerned. You mentioned Panthers were in a, uh, a very fortunate situation last year. Didn't have to go any deeper than seven defensemen. But uh, but again, Jacob McDonald, 55 points in the American Hockey League from the blue line. That's uh, that's no joking matter right there. So certainly some offensive upside. upside. He showed it with the numbers. Pete, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to go with somebody who Panthers fans did see get some time with a big couple last season and, and Dryden Hunt uh, suited up in an 11 for 11 games with the with the Panthers last year. One assist, um, mainly rotated around that bottom six core of, of, uh, of spots and, and on a fourth line uh, rotation when when guys uh, were out with injury. But um, he did his job. You know, he, he didn't score. He didn't light up the score sheet, but uh, he forechecked. He was hard on pucks. And if you talk to, you know, Bob Bugner and his coaching staff or even any of Dale Talon or Eric Joyce, you know, they were impressed with what they saw out of him. And, and Bob Bugner actually had a tough time taking him out of the lineup when some of those injured guys started to come back and get healthy. So uh, I think he had a good showing last year. He showed uh, he showed people up here what he could do. And when he went back to the HL played 58 games he got 23 goals and 23 assists so you know you get a guy like that in your bottom six core you know i think it's 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 a it's a positive that um you know it's another another chess piece that uh that bob bugner only has uh that you know he can work with for that bottom six but you know we've we've stated it you know doug said it jameson you've said it too the spots are going to be there for these guys in training camp you know it's it's we don't know you know how everybody's going to do in training camp i think the competition that we're going to see come training camp it's going to be fierce but it's going to be exciting because as jameson alluded to we have nhl veteran guys um that we're going to be able to see try out for spots so frank vetrano jared mccann dennis Morgan. but dale talon has said repeatedly people are going to play in the lineup for this team when they put up results so if dennis Morgan has a rough patch if maxine mammon has a rough patch they might be the ones who get sent down and a guy like dryden hunt might be able to get the call and if he performs well and into does his abilities to you know the fact that he can do um now he could could find a little little spot for himself up here with the big club. And these are all guys we actually are forgetting to mention. Also, not only to jump those current guys that have already played, the Vertranos, the Mulligans, guys like that. They also have to jump the, the rookies. They got to jump Borgstrom. They got to jump Tippett. I know Tippett's a guy that uh, if, he, if he's not playing here, he has to go back to junior. So I know this team's going to give him every opportunity. You know, they they liked what they saw when he was here last year. I think he has a good shot of making this team. Uh, Borgstrom obviously came up last year. Expectations sky high for him. So there are a lot of guys to jump. But like we said, at some point during the season, at some point, one of these guys always gets called up something happens something they're, they're needed for something and uh, interesting you brought up hunt because that's a guy that really has changed his game 
kind of not completely, but a lot. He's, he's definitely worked on his game a lot since coming from junior. He's a guy that put up 100 points in junior. Uh, he was a big-time scorer. Cam comes here, rough first season in the pros. Comes by next year, like she said, great points in the AHL. 11 games with the Panthers. Look good. Coaches liked him. And the way they were using him, they're, they're, he's, he's not a small guy. He's almost 200 pounds. He, they really liked him in front of the net, a net front presence. Obviously, he's had a great shot, but he was really using that body last year in a really good way and kind of just doing everything the coaches asked of him. So, like you said, uh, Greco, I think, gets, gets called up pretty quickly if they need a set or say if Derek McKenzie or someone gets hurt. But if there's an opportunity on the wing, whether it's in the top six or bottom six, I could see Hunt being one of the guys that gets called up pretty quickly. Dryden Hunt played a good, smart, fundamental, responsible game, and that was uh, a big reason he had uh, some success in that time that he spent with the Panthers last season. And a name that I'm going to point to, I know a lot of people might, uh, you know, a lot of the focus might go to some of the, the younger guys, but Paul Thompson, you might remember his name. He played about a quarter of the season for the Panthers in 16-17, got a, a new two-way contract in early July, and this is a guy who's closing in on 30 years old, but he's seen the NHL before. He He's a veteran, hard-nosed guy. And along the same line, some of the things you mentioned, Pete, with with Dryden Hunt, Paul Thompson plays a good, simple, as I said, a hard-nosed style. And there's a ton of value to those leadership, those veteran guys with your American Hockey League team being on two-way contracts. If you get into a situation where you need a guy who's going to be able to uh, come in, play that fundamental style, get the pucks in, throw some hits, play uh, with a number of different guys and, and not get you into trouble and not turn the puck over he's a responsible guy that you can call on and there's a ton of value to having guys like that and, and bringing in a forward like Paul Thompson to not only you know be a, be a leader if he's in the American Hockey League but also to be able to come in and play that sound style at the NHL level it's a lot of a uh, lot of value those are important guys to have in your organization and like I said Paul, Paul's proved a lot at the AHL level already he's a great vet and the what really kind of signal to me is they signed him for two years which to me kind of states that yeah he could get called up and I think if they ever need that you know one or two game we need a safe bet here on the fourth line we need a that he could be the guy that gets called up. But I really think they envision him, you know, big picture as being that perfect mentor, that grooming guy for the Dryden Hunts, for the, the Anthony Greco's down there in Springfield. I think this is a guy that could be really just a really, really important part of Springfield. So like you said, would not be surprised if he gets called up. But I think big picture greatest role for him is being the guy in Springfield as far as the mentor, the leader, the guy that makes, you know, the guy that helps Dryden Hunt get called up, the, the guy that pushes all these other guys up. So I, I just love that sounding. I just want to say, put that out there that I thought that was a great move. And I know I've I've seen working in the American Hockey League. I've seen situations like that firsthand, and a guy like uh, like a Paul Thompson can almost act as an extension of the the coaching staff at uh, your American Hockey League level because of the leadership that he brings, and and you know just having uh, the the variety of experience that he has. So it, you could tell when he was here a couple of years ago, he's a guy that just works hard, and you just uh, you and just he just really, gets it. He gets the game, the profession, what his role is, no matter where he is. Yeah, and you just really it. respect the way he yeah. goes about his work. So uh, so again, Paul Thompson, uh, great to see him as a, a part of the fold here. Yeah, and, and I just want to allude to Jameson said that, you know, he, he's there in, in a role to sort of, you know, mentor the guys, what they could do to make that next step. But I think as important as that is he's also there if a guy does happen to get called up, if an Anthony Greco gets the call, if a Dryden Hunt gets the call, they get called up. They, you know, for the big club, they, they play a couple of games. And then when they get sent back down, I think having him there is just as important because those guys might be second guessing themselves. Did I do enough? What didn't I do? Did I, maybe I did this wrong. Maybe I did that wrong. But he's there to sort of be like, hey, you know what? It's just it's a numbers game at this point. And, you know, guys are healthy and, and you know, the decisions had to be made. But uh, you just keep doing what you're doing, you know, and, 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 you know, things will happen. You know, good things will happen to you. So I think in that, in that mentor capacity, you know, not only to boost the guys up, but also sort of be there as, you know, not 
I don't want to say the parenting role, but, you know, sort of, sort of be there as like, you know, the big brother role kind of be like, you know, you did everything you could. It's just sometimes, you know, this is the way things go, but to just keep at it and, you know, good things will happen. And, and like we talked about with, with Greco, it, when you have this much, t- many, many talented guys, this many depth guys, all these guys that could get called up in the AHL, how it is kind of tough to see another guy get called up and you're not the one and you wonder why. Greco obviously said, he sounded really understanding. He says, you know, I know there's a lot that goes into that. All you can do is focus on your own game, but Thompson's the kind of guy that can maybe walk over to your stall afterwards, you know, give you a nudge and say you know hey you're next like don't worry about it and the guys you know that means something and so I, I just think especially compared to last year from now I think Springfield's really set up for success this season because not only uh, it, it, this is a topic for another show but we're looking at it I mean look at the new blood coming in after all the success the Panthers have had drafting recently uh, Jonathan Angling's have a great season all, all the Springfield rookies that we don't think are going to get a shot this year the Panthers obviously they, they're going to need that year of grooming but th- that kind of batch that really will kind of pump some new blood into Springfield and um, Riley Stillman I think is going to be great on the blue line this year and Springfield rookie coming in and oddly enough I was talking to uh, a, a player for an executive for another team and he, he told me out of the blue I mean I've been a fan of Riley since we drafted him I thought he could be a good player but he says to me he says that kid's an NHL player like no doubt and I was like, oh, wow, I, I, I didn't see him as that. I thought him as a guy that might have a chance, but I, I wouldn't throw the no doubt in there. But hearing that and now seeing the developments and the strides he made last year in his final junior year, that's going to be another guy that, once again, don't watch to come into the Panthers this year, but definitely keep an eye on in Springfield to kind of see the first, the, the, those seeds being planted of a guy that maybe two, three years from now could be on this Panthers blue line. So overall, I guess the long and short of it, we've pointed to a lot of names. There is a lot of organizational depth throughout the uh, throughout the Panthers organization, and that's something that you, you need to have going into a season. And I think we can all agree on this. There's going to be a lot of angry fans this season. Because especially when you have this much depth, everyone has their one favorite depth guy that's going to get overstepped by someone else's favorite depth guy, which I, I love. I, I love that we finally have these guys that fans are waiting to get called up. I mean, before I remember even you know four or five years ago, a guy would get called up and fans would go, who is this guy? And I'd have to say, like, you know, he's this guy, but I understand why you say who is this guy. Because uh, you really didn't you really build that kind of anticipation. Where, like I said, with, with guys like Ang, with guys like Stillman coming up, I think they're going to have a couple of years to build that anticipation to say, oh man, this guy's been so good. I can't wait for this guy to get called up. And as this team kind of gets going now into this well-oiled machine that you need to be to be a good team where you have the good core, but you're going to constantly need that blood flow kind of pumping in to keep that core going, to keep the bottom six going. I think things are, you know, from top to bottom, just rounding out so nicely for this organization. And it's not just depth, it's skill depth. I mean, we've seen these guys who hopefully one day will be called up to the to, to the Panthers at the NHL level they, they they should be able to contribute on whether it be from the defensive side of things from the offensive side of things and even from a goaltending perspective um, we haven't really talked a lot about Sam Antembo but uh, you know he's primed to have another successful season in Springfield this year so uh, I think in that pipeline now I think it's finally starting to take shape about what Dale Talon wanted to establish when he became uh, you know in charge of things down here he wanted to, to have that pipeline of any guy that we call up or any guys that we surround with our core players with, they're our guys. They're homegrown guys. They're guys we've drafted and there's guys, they've been guys that we've worked on from the draft through minors, through the juniors and, and they're guys that we've molded into becoming a Florida Panther hockey player. So I think that's starting now to take shape as well. So I think 
as you said, the angry fans, you know, it's, it's good to see, you know. I love angry it's fans. The, the fans, they I love take, it. They're, they Every take, franchise needs angry fans. Angry fans just make the world great. I love it. They're taking a vested interest in things. And as you said, you know, that, that um, you know, that familiarity with these guys will, will start to breed. And, you know, oh, why is Anthony Greco not getting called up? Why is Ryan Hunt not getting called up? You know, things like that. So um, I think the passion is starting to, to really take hold now amongst the fan base down here with the, with the guys that are in the pipeline. And, and I think it's going to be exciting to see, uh, you know, which of these guys can take take that next step and, and as you said I think Springfield it's they're they're primed to have a good season they're returning guys and and um I think the fans will just uh you know voice their voice their opinions on, on Twitter so I'm gonna let them send the comments to you because you're the one who who who, who at Jameson Coop at yes. James, you're the one who I, I love I love arguments on Twitter it's so quells fun. the fires often but um so. you, you mentioned Mountain but we didn't talk about the goaltenders only for the the, the reason that uh, the Panthers did bring in Michael Hutchinson one of the top goaltenders in the AHL last year a guy that's got a ton of NHL experience with Winnipeg so he I know Monty almost got a chance last year with the injuries to both Rhymes and Lou but this season I think he's gonna get that full year just down you know kind of marinating down there in the ahl whereas you know hutchinson if there is an injury i'd be hutchinson can start 10 games for us next year i'd be fine if there are injuries obviously we hope for no injuries i think it's going to be a better year injury wise but the panthers i think are very safe there in the one two three goaltender aspect no question about that uh as far as uh you know really looking through uh, the nhl and ahl goaltending groups the the panthers in my mind are are up near the the top of the league in terms of overall collective goaltending between uh you know at the top rung of that organization so uh, you have to like what the panthers have there you have to like what they have across the board and uh, i know we're all uh, getting more and more excited as time goes on here as we count down the days to the start of training camp preseason and then uh, of course the uh the regular season as well and that schedule it is up on uh, floridapanthers.com be sure to go check it out circle the dates on the calendar the games that you want to go to and and, uh, and of course, if you want to go to one game or all the games by yourself or with all your friends, 954-835-PUCK, make a phone call and you can uh, get a ticket package that's tailored exactly to your needs. But that's going to do it for us from here on this edition of Territory Talk. Of course, we'll go around the table one more time. Jameson has raised his hand politely. <laughs> he has something to say. <laughs> and then you can all also, uh, you guys can uh, tell everybody where to interact with you out there. It's all about manners. It's all about raising your hand. I just want to let uh, fans know out there, we are going to be giving doing a Territory Talk giveaway uh, probably around the time this episode goes out. So keep an eye on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we'll be giving away some signed pucks, just to kind of a way to kind of build this brand a bit more before we go into the season. But I just want to also do a, a thank you. I mean, we've seen the numbers for these podcasts rising steadily throughout yep. the summer. Thank you for everyone that's subscribing. Thank you for everyone that's tuning in. I mean, we, we got a lot of a lot of great more guests coming. I mean, especially with the season, we're going to have a great guest every week. It's going to be exciting. And hopefully, like we said, we're going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, uh, again, just just want to say uh, it's 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 great when I get to just come here and, and, t- and talk uh, Florida Panthers hockey with you guys and talking territory, talking territory, and um, so. But yeah, it's I just want to thank everybody who has tuned in. As Jameson said, uh, you know, it was really. Um, you know, we weren't sure what what this would be once we got it off the ground, but now we're seeing you know fan interaction on social media and and um, you know the the. We started with a mic in a closet, and now we got three, now we have mics, three mics in the sin bin at the And we're not in a closet, but yes. I, I do miss that closet. Um, <laughs> it was a nice little recording studio that we had. But, um, you know, hopefully we have to, you know, we, we hope to have a lot of special things for you guys this upcoming season in terms of guests and, uh, you know, maybe some different things down the road um, in terms of 
capabilities and interacting with fans possibly for recordings and things of that nature. Doug and I were already planning out the 100th episode so. spectacular, even though that won't happen for, I think, next March. March of 20, I Mar- think. March, of, March of 2020. Yep. So we're already planning for All that. Right. Okay. Got some stuff in the works. Um, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So hopefully um, hopefully we can maybe get an Emmy for us further down the road <laughs> one day. So, uh, so Jess Blaylock won't be the only one. But uh, yeah, again, thanks again. And, you know, this has been great. I, I love coming here and talking Fuller Panthers hockey. And uh, again, uh, I don't think Jameson said where you can find him on social media. So, Oh, Jameson Coop. We already put that out there. At Jameson Coop. Direct Send all, all your angry questions yes. and tweets to at Jameson Coop. I can be found at Pete Rossi 21 because uh, the Pete Rossi or Peter Rossi handles were already taken by some guy um, probably living in New Jersey. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I can be found at Doug Plagans. So that's it for this episode, the 24th episode of Territory Talk. We thank everybody for being with us again. Google Play, SoundCloud iTunes, FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk, all the different places to find the show. Um, as I always mentioned, if you're listening right now, you obviously found it somewhere, but it's out there in other places too, in case that one avenue you use today doesn't work next time for whatever reason, technical things can happen. You can find it in a multitude of locations online. So be sure to check out Territory Talk. And uh, again, subscribe, uh, leave a, a review. We love seeing those. So thanks again, everybody for tuning in. And, uh, and those of you who are listening for the first time today, those of you who've been listening since the start. We thank all of you very much. For Jameson Olive from FloridaPanthers.com, for future Emmy Award winner Pete Rossi <laughs> from FloridaPanthers.com, I'm Doug Plagans. That's it for this one. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.